0: It's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you
1: get your podcasts.
0: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on (laughs) cars.com.
2: A hot take on a podcast that I wasn't even on.
3: Oh, you loved it. You loved it. Oh, no. What a shame. shame. Oh, no. What
2: a shame. Oh, no. I read a card on my own pocket. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast
3: in Ringer FC. I'm Musa Ponga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am well, thanks Musa. How are you? Whoa! <laughs> 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 good. Whoa! <laughs> 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 very good. Where did that come from? Just uh, <laughs> Someone's got their new clippers. <laughs> Revelling in the... Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, you know, I'm so free. <laughs> I'm so free. I got my, all of my clippers, my world clippers, and gave myself my first haircut in a long time and feeling very, very good. Free from the existential haircut. Exactly, very streamlined. And just, I'm just happy to see you, Ryan. That's why I'm laughing.
3: No, you're not. Don't ah, lie. Ah, ah. This happens way too often for you. Pandering. <laughs> <laughs> Hairdressers are back open in, in Berlin as of Monday. and you can, uh, can, can tell every but... single barbers you went past. It was just a huge queue, like a bigger queue than Bergine. Yeah, it's
2: rammed. It's rammed. It's so funny. <laughs> so funny. People are going through it. So what's happened? We've extended the lockdown here, haven't we, till the end of March. Mm-hmm. And the vaccination program isn't the quickest, so it's not a few more days at home. I think. But how are you doing, Ryan? Let me ask after your well-being.
3: Yeah, I'm all right, man. There hasn't been an Arsenal game this week, so good place. I wasn't relaxed. Was some decent football on actually? There was too much football on actually. I woke up this morning. so We were recording Thursday morning Berlin time. I woke up this morning and I saw Bayern Frauen tweet what a goal had happened, and it was on the 62nd minute. And I was like, Whoa, what? Like they were playing last night. No, they are playing now. I think oh they just finished. <laughs> what? In the Women's Champions League, yeah. That, that is wild. <laughs> oh my goodness. But still, I was just a bit like, ah, because was problem. Women's Champions League, Copa del Rey. Was there Copa Italia this week? No, there wasn't Copa Italia. Uh, it's uh, the, Serie A, it's just the Serie a. Serie a yeah. Liga, Premier League, DFB Pokal. Yeah. That was actually really fun. There were some really good games. I mean... Inter, we're recording this ahead of Liverpool-Chelsea and Inter also play tonight. They can extend their lead because Milan dropped points again in Serie A. Yeah. Inter could go six points clear at the top if they win tonight. Um, Atalanta. Atalanta were really good. They are joint top goal scorers again. Yeah. So yeah, church is balling out. I'm glad. I'm so yeah, glad. Very glad. Napoli, had, Napoli drew a sass three all. Man United had another existential draw.
2: Actually, before we get into this at all, it's really funny to see a tweet from Nicky Bandini uh, about Sassuolo Napoli. I think there are certain games that should come with a health warning. Like if you want a quiet night, <laughs> if you want a quiet night, look, I love Napoli, but if you want a quiet night, don't watch Napoli because you will not get one. They should move They
3: should move the Napoli kickoff times to like 6pm like earliest. So it's yes. done by 8. So you at least get a couple of hours before bed. Yeah, because you don't want to get the anxiety. Yeah, it's like caffeine. It's yes. like caffeine. <laughs> like Napoli should never be allowed to kick off after midday. I love Napoli so cause You'll never get to sleep. I'll <laughs> never get to sleep. Did you actually speaking on the Napoli stuff? Did you see Gattuso's amazing story about? Uh, I haven't. I'm. It's in a book that I haven't read. But Gattuso's amazing story about when he went to Rangers. No. And then um, Gascoigne takes him to this tailor and says, "Oh, you know, they've got a deal with the club because basically back then I think Rangers had to turn up to every training and game in a suit." And Gattuso, I think, was nineteen. Yeah, super young. And Gascoigne said, "Oh, the, they've got a deal with the club, so basically just pick out what you want, and then the club will." Take it out gradually out of your thing, out of your wages. So Catuso racks up like a ten grand bill, takes it away, and then it turns out that Gazza had basically just lied to him and paid for it because he wanted him to have suits to turn up for training.
2: Oh, I love that story so much. I love nice, that. Huh? So, I love that so much.
3: Yeah, and they, he said that they speak a lot. So some admin quick. I was on Wright's house with Jeanette this week. We talked a little bit about some developments from Ian's racism. Case um, or racial abuse case, sorry. And we talked a bit about Zlatan LeBron. We t- talked about James Sancho, gave flowers to Sancho. Can I say about that?
2: Amazing segment there, by the way.
3: I Sancho that. bit. as excellent. One of your best. One of the best. I mean, you haven't got to ask me twice to talk about Button's Liga boys, like right, You said on the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True, true. And we talked a little bit about top four stuff. So that's up there. If you do listen to us on the podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. be are very kind. And ringer.com forward slash soccer I am finally having a piece going up I finally got around to doing it it's actually going to be about Jao Felix this week so um, that Jao Felix piece is finally going up And Stadio Outros on Spotify actually on this if anyone's on Spotify and they listen to music on Spotify search for Stadio Outros and follow it please because I noticed that we're on almost about 1700 follows for that playlist oh wow I'd quite like to get to 2000 just because it looked cool it does it cool. Um, so basically every tune that we play out on each episode, newest one at the top, go and check that out. And I think, Musa, that is everything. So today, because there was so much football on and so many competitions, we decided to do a mailbag because we haven't done a proper mailbag for ages, actually.
2: We haven't. No,
1: no.
3: I would like to start with this one from Grace Robertson at Grace on Football. Did Jamal Musiala make the right call choosing Germany over England? Yes,
2: in my opinion, because it was a choice that came from his heart and his gut. And that's always the best choice, I think, in cases like these. I think you can never underestimate the extra, the extra quality of performance that comes from a player who chooses somewhere you know, where they feel happiest or stalled, they feel most attached to. That's why I mean, all the reason he gave behind his choice, I was like, this is just where he fits. It's where he is. It's where he's from, in a sense. It's where he belongs. He feels he belongs. And I mean, that's always the best choice. That's, that's my opinion.
3: Uh, He moved to England at the age of seven or eight. He was born in Germany, born in Stuttgart, moved back to Germany. It was quite interesting how he played for England under-16s and Germany under-16s. I think football-wise it makes sense. That's an area that Germany need new blood in that position, I think, where he will play. If you look at that position for England, I think he he might have trouble getting in initially. But also, Mm. to be honest, I don't think he'll play for Germany soon. I think he'll probably play for the under-21s. And also, I know this sounds like a bit of a cop-out answer, but if he's made the decision, then it's the right one.
2: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I think it's quite hard for us where we're not forced to pick allegiances Mm. if we have dual nationalities or mixed backgrounds. You know, um, he could have played for Nigeria as well. And I think that's a very tricky thing in sport where you can't own all of your identities at once because you literally have to pick one to play for. And even though you may own them, Personally, I think publicly it splits it, and it's a re- it can be quite jarring. I think for a lot of players, you know, and so I always have sympathy with players who have to pick or choose which countries they want to represent if they have multiple options, because they a lot of the time they just cop so much shit for it.
2: I think it's great for him. He's already having a great time at Bayern. By the looks of things, he's been given pivotal roles. He's scored important goals, uh, provided great assists. And he's just in an ideal position. Look who he's learning from. It's such a well-balanced squad by and great range of angels. And you look at him and someone like Alfonso Davies, like how much fun must they have, young players coming through together. It's just, it's a great setup for him. And he gets to continue that in the national setup as well. It's just incredible, like who he gets to learn from. You look, you walk into a dressing room, your first Germany squad, whenever that comes and look at the players you'll be looking at in that dressing room. It's just, it's a
3: dream for him. Yeah, I think it's a good move. It's exciting, really exciting. This one from Kunlejo. Do you guys think the Euros should still happen? And if yes, where do you think it should take place?
2: I don't. I'm sorry, I just don't. I agree. I really don't. I have this real sense of foreboding about the Euros. Mm. I, I would just want everyone to get vaccinated and safe and out of this as much as we can get out of it. I just feel like the Euros just interrupts. Because when the Euros happen, people want to be outdoors, watching football on the big TV screens. It's natural. They're going to want, you know, it's a festival experience for a lot of people. And with these games being hosted in all these different countries, people want to gather outside the stadiums and sell the merchandise. And I get that, I understand the excitement, but why are you introducing that false hope to people when we're still in a pandemic? You're just introducing unnecessary forms of public gathering at the worst possible time and it just feels I feel really uncomfortable about it to be honest I know that we'll probably cover it if the Euros happen we'll cover the Euros but I just feel really uncomfortable about it Ryan can't lie
3: you can cover it I'm out of here see ya <laughs> if they do take place they have to take place in one country in a, as much of a bubble atmosphere as a, as possible yeah kind of like the NBA did the playoffs yeah if they're going to get it done get it done you could postpone them again I don't know. I, I, no, I just no, think no, that- no,
1: no.
2: Play them back to back with the World Cup. Play the Euros and then get straight on the plane and go straight to the
3: World Cup. No, because that's not fair on the players.
2: And if teams get knocked out of the Euros, they just fly to Qatar. They fly straight into Qatar.
3: If th- anyone who gets knocked out of the World Cup goes straight into the knockout stages of the Europa League the next season.
2: Yes, agree. Agree.
3: Countries, entire
2: countries. Yes, the whole countries. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah.
3: Hang on a minute. What the hell? That like Scotland, it's Scotland against yes. Ludigaretz in the semi-finals. Yes let's so go full, yeah. what's happening
2: let's go full quantum what realm. the hell hang on a minute and <laughs> the loser it's croatia real madrid
3: in the semi-finals of the champions league like who's Modric gonna play for <laughs> one half each do you know what fuck <laughs> it like every everyone everyone is clearly wilding out into at the executive levels of european and world football at the moment so just fuck it like royal rumble royal rumble like honestly france versus inter milan in the Conference League because they got knocked out at the quarterfinal stages <laughs> of the Champions League and the Euros, and therefore they parachuted straight into the Conference League. <laughs> You're gonna fuck it up. Fuck it up. Quantum realm football chaos. <laughs> you want chaos? <laughs> we'll give you chaos. I'm losing my voice. I'm so chaotic. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> so in short, Cudley, no, I don't think the Euros should happen. <laughs> 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 Oh. Uh,
3: all i all i want is just some sensible people in charge that's all that, i want that felt good that felt really good though <laughs> it did feel good i felt like you know when you do your first when you go your first football training session after a while out he's exactly. just like oh i forgot what sweating feels like this
2: is great the only problem with um, my first football training session back after a long time is that over the summer <laughs> i start thinking my first touch is a lot better than it is oh <laughs> yeah and that returned to reality
3: <laughs> oh yikes
2: oh wow anyway
3: Let's have one kind of related. Yeah, one from Sedentary Gary, the honorary Stadio president. Lifelong. Yes. <laughs> honorary Stadio pres- president. With some teams already playing over 40 games this season, what do you think will be the long-term effects of this compressed season? And we had another one from Said at Al Something. Players aren't getting any proper rest at the moment. With the next World Cup being held in winter, the football schedule won't return to normality until the 23-24 season. Do you think there will be think there will be any long-term consequences as a result of it. Yeah. I mean, just seeing it now.
2: There was a moment last night, Gerard Piquet, so the Barcelona's brilliant 3-0 win over Sevilla oh. in the semi-final Copa del Rey. Superb game. I'm so glad I picked that one to watch. And um, moment when uh, Gerard Piquet starts walking awkwardly with no one near him. And the commentators were like, this man rushed back from injury mm-hmm. to play this game. Because, you know, PK is basically a complete warrior for that team. And just that compression of fixtures, you saw it, and the burden it's putting on players, you know, at all levels, no matter how much their team needs them. And someone talked about Papu Gomez and how he's looking at Sevilla and how he's not fully himself. I think it was Pete Boschini, It's a related question. You know, this wear and tear. It's one thing, you know, moving from one club to another, but moving in a pandemic to a club with different training schedules, which has got pivotal games going on. It just accelerates everything, gives you no time for recovery, fatigue. I mean, the muscle injuries, there was, um, there was some stat about muscle injuries uh, a few months ago and how they'd leapt and how they weren't clear. The statisticians, to be fair to them, weren't clear if this was a freak occurrence or if it was a, an indication of what was happening. But I really, really worry that we'll see an explosion of muscle injuries over the next few months because of this compressed load of fixtures and maybe worse. I'm really worried about it, Ryan, actually.
3: I mean, it just goes back to the duty of care thing that I was talking about last week. Yeah, yeah, it does go back to that, yeah. The players were the last people in the thoughts of anyone who organised this fixture list or thought this was a good idea.
2: I know it sounds silly, but, you know, if we're really going to be experimental with this stuff, there weren't conversations about lengthening a half-time or shortening half-time and shortening the length of games or, you know, there, there weren't conversations. Like they didn't even, we didn't even hear them. And I know those things sound ridiculous, but we're in a ridiculous situation. Um, and I just. Wonder if we could have been more flexible. And the subs rule was really good. We, we kind of, mm. to give credit where it's due, the subs rule was so enlightened, I thought, I thought it was wonderful. I wish they'd gone further down that road. You know what I mean? It's almost like there's a lot of, there's obviously a lot of people in these organizations. There's a lot of people in UEFA and a lot in FIFA, I know because I've been in touch with some of them over the years, who really have the best interests of football in mind and they see themselves as guardians of the game, stewards of the game. And I, there's a really strong tradition of that, which is why I will never. Wholeheartedly condemn these organizations. They make mistakes. I know there's great people in these organizations, but you can feel like they've they've kind of lost. um, They've won some of the battles, but they're losing some of the they're losing the wars. That makes sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have a penny for the thoughts of those who thought that the five sub rule would benefit the big clubs only, and Manchester City are running away with the league. And just wonder maybe if Sheffield United had got five subs this season, whether they'd be where they are or whether Burnley would be struggling as much.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: It's like I said before, Like in, in in reality, and I don't want to sound blasé here because we do do a football podcast, but <laughs> the absurdity of all of this is that none of it actually really matters. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're trying to keep people entertained and they're trying to keep the money coming in. But it's like they're being run into the ground and it's just... Yeah. Yeah, it's just not fair, and I think that if you're not careful, you're going to have some per- potentially career-threatening injuries knock up, like pop up in the last in the next year or two, which is why I just think I don't understand why they don't shift everything back even further.
2: We know why though; it's the World Cup and it's the Grand Cash Cow.
3: Yeah, but to be honest, I mean, there's part of me that thinks it would be absolutely hilarious if that World Cup had to get like cancelled, or just a load of players didn't go because they were knackered.
2: That could be a reality, but here's the thing with the World Cup coming up and, you know, I hope this doesn't happen, but we might see a tournament defined by absences. Yeah, might we do. might. And I, I would hate that actually. I would hate that because for the players, it's, you want to play a World Cup. So from that perspective, I mean, there's other things I don't like about that World Cup. Obviously, mm-hmm. let's not get into those because that's another conversation on the podcast, but.
3: Well, we've, had, um, we've had that conversation ages ago. Yeah,
2: fair enough. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I just worry worry that these major tournaments will be defined by absences.
3: I agree.
0: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbour, State Farm is there.
3: All right, let's have this one from Andrew Blair. Can you guys make sense of the salary cap adjustments in La Liga? Maybe I don't full on, fully understand it, but how can Atletico get theirs reduced and it's still considerably lower than the other big two and Real had theirs go up? Now, for those who aren't aware, the so La Liga has a basically like a wage cap that is... Decided each year by the league and it's based on a multiple of factors in terms of turnover, profit, loss, taxes, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, Barcelona's had theirs reduced to 347 million euros the next season. Down from 382, which had been cut from over 600. Uh, Real Madrid's has gone up 5 million euros and Atleti's has gone down from 252 million euros to 217 million euros. Wesker's also went up by the way. So it's not just Real Madrid. I mean, mm-hmm. Wesker's went up 300 grand, basically. But I assume it is down to the fact that maybe Real Madrid has made less of a loss or even a slightly pre-tax or post-after-tax uh, profit.
1: Because people don't
2: realise that Atleti is actually in quite a bit of financial...
3: Well, I mean, Atleti are in a billion euros worth of debt. Barcelona and Real Madrid are both in quite considerable amounts of debt as well. But I think Bar- the problem with Barcelona is that they, I think a number of the the players had to go on the creditors list at one point recently. So it's, that shows you how much trouble they're in. So basically, in short, Andrew, can we make sense of it? Yes and no. Real Madrid this season are renovating the Bernabeu. They would have been playing there if the league had been, fans had been a- allowed, but they moved to the... Alfredo Di Stefano, which I wonder maybe is reduced like running costs and stuff, for example. You never know.
2: The one thing I'll say about these clubs being in that much debt, and this is debt, of course, which would horrify people lending to conventional businesses, is that the income stream yeah. of Barcelona, Real Madrid and Atleti in the long run is as guaranteed as you could imagine, right? I mean, it's a bit like, it's a bit like the church, to be honest. Mm. You're always getting, over, over time, you'll get your money back from from, from the church and you'll get it back from Barca you get it back from and from Real um, and I suppose there's a, there's a quite a few institutions that quite like having these organisations in debt to them
1: because mm. a yeah. repayments so. are
2: quite exciting in the long run so yeah um, uh, I was going
3: to say something then speaking of Barca we haven't really spoke about oh Mayo getting arrested but I, to be honest I think there's nothing really to tell at the moment it's just just all a bit like cop show Bartomeu gets arrested and police go to the Camp Nou and search
2: for evidence. And if we do talk about Barca, because everyone else is talking about Bartomeu, I just want to talk about very quickly, very quickly, not for long, how I love what is emerging at Barcelona on the pitch. I know it's a kind of, uh, it's a bit of a detour from my mailbag, but I want to very quickly say as some green shoots of good news, some of the football they played last night was absolutely beautiful. I've been re-watching, sorry, another surprise to you. I've been rewatching a lot of the kind of vintage Barcelona's of 2011. And of course, when you watch Barcelona from 2011 and you watch this Barcelona, you really take for granted the high speed precision passing because it was the greatest of all time. But what was really amazing about watching Pedri last night in particular, the quality of his decision-making just blows my mind. If you told me, um, eight months ago that Frankie de Jong would be the third most exciting young player that I saw at Barcelona, I'd have laughed at you. The fact that he was overtaken in that respect by Ansu Fati and Pedri, in no particular order, and this is respect to De Jong, who I, I love De Jong, says it all. When I watch Barcelona, I'm most excited whenever Pedri received possession. And I never thought I'd say that while Leo Messi was still playing. And I don't say that because I don't love Messi. Messi's probably my favourite player at the moment, but it's because... With Pedri, I see what could come and I have no idea how good he's going to get. You know what you say about there's certain players that come along and their peak is nowhere in sight. Like Jadon Sancho, I'm like, I have no idea how good Sancho will get. It was like Raheem Sterling three years ago. Jarrell Felix. Jarrell Felix. I have no idea how good these players are going to get. No idea because they're, there's no end to their talent, their vision and their bravery. Certain points of the game against Sevilla when Pedri got the ball, it was like watching, you know, it's like watching the NBA. And they let like the youngest kid on the court bring the ball up and everyone gets their shooting positions. And you're looking the amount of times that it's like, it's Pedri. It wasn't Frankie de Jong, It wasn't Busquets. It was Pedri.
1: Pedri's running. LaMelo
2: Ball, man. Yeah, he is. He, he exa- right. He is exactly LaMelo but Ball. Just
3: without, the sh- without the showbiz fan. With the unbelievable court vision. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's having a rookie season like LaMelo Ball. I, I love that analogy. You're completely right.
2: Completely right. His movement and his decision-making, but actually in a weird way. And there's a comparison that someone drew with Iniesta, funnily enough, because you know
3: I did. Stop giving my shit away to other people. I no, did it no. on this podcast ages ago. <laughs> Seasoned viewers, <laughs> okay. It's like, uh, it's like um, you know, my my mum said once at the end, it's all about love. Why would I do that to you? Oh, that's wonderful. Your mum said that. No, it's she amazing. didn't say that. She hates your
1: book. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, she doesn't actually she's not ready but I did speak to her on the phone last night she did ask after you oh that's very nice it's very nice yeah. um, I was just like I was like really really really. I haven't spoken to you in a week and you want to talk about Moose really this guy really yeah he's uh, fine alright I'm fine as well mum thanks
2: <laughs> sorry to digress into I'm pretty really spiky today I don't know why you no know, good it's good go for it live your life Ryan live your life Um <laughs> I'm trying, man. <laughs> but yeah, like on the, on the Pedri thing.
3: <laughs> oh shit, yeah, we're still on Pedri.
2: I, 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 dig- I know it's a digression, but I just wanted to put that in there because they were genuinely exciting last night mm. for long periods. And I actually wrote to a couple of, um, you know, long-suffering, you know, long-time Barcelona fans. I just said, you're just playing some beautiful stuff tonight. And I want to just say that I was so grateful for that because, you know, we're in pandemic, we're locked down, we can't go out very much. I just finished a, a major writing project and I can't go anywhere to celebrate it. Having great football on, it's just like wow! This is just really lovely. This makes it really bearable. So yeah, thanks to Barca, and thanks to Pedri for lighting it up.
3: I mean, the thing about Barca is that I think when, when I was listening to Spinster's Haley O'Shaughnessy and Jordan Liggins' new uh, new podcast, I think it was Jordan or Haley said something about how Kenny Smith said that when the Knicks are fun, the NBA is fun, and that's kind of what Barca are like. I think I think when Barca are fun, I do think football's fun. You know, I love this actually. There's, there's teams that give, you know, it's like ingredients. Like most people love it when Arsenal are chaotic because it just gives them loads of ammo. Like non-supporting Arsenal fans love the chaos, right? That's true, that's true. I think people enjoy football more when Barcelona are fun than Real Madrid are good, for example, worldwide.
2: Yeah, because there's, actually, to be honest, it's similar to Everton as well. You know, there's some clubs where like they have a kind of, there is like a philosophy, there's a way that you're supposed to play. Like when there's a style, there's a method and it's influential. Like when Arsenal played the Wenger style, you saw the influence of it everywhere. Mm. Like it was, you'd see it, you'd see it like on all levels. You see it in like Sunday league, right? There was a way to play that Arsenal play, like, you know, like a playing out for the back or whatever. There was a style. I think you're completely right. Barcelona just being fun again. Like it's a fixture you look at and you're like, Oh, I'm going to really enjoy tuning into that. It's how it should be.
3: MBFA man. Make Barca fun again. Oh my
2: God. pop Football populism. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Me? Me? Yeah, make Barca only fun again.
1: Yeah.
3: We had a question about Barca. Louis said, should Barca stick to the 3-5-2? There seems to be an insecurity about teams straying away from their philosophy, brackets 4-3-3, but just because something is different it doesn't mean it can't be equally as effective. Change doesn't mean a clean slate either. Thoughts? Now, I do have some thoughts about this actually because the three-five-two against Sevilla on the weekend was more of an unbalanced four-four-two that became a four-three-three. So even though they're lining up three-five-two, like mm. Dest was quite high on Saturday. He was quite high again yesterday. Yeah, and he was high on in midweek,
1: mm.
3: whereas Alba wasn't so high. So it's yep. very similar actually to a lot of teams that are playing three-five-two at the moment. They're not actually playing three-five-two with the ball. It's just a very off balance four three three or four four two. Sometimes or become it. It can become. And to be honest, the thing with, with with formations like that is that often often it's just kind of without the ball a lot of the time. When you're with the ball, it shifts into something completely differently. Which is, I think, is this isn't this isn't rocket science. This is bog standard tactical chat. Yeah. But for example, even when say in um the ben, the Arsenal Benfica game last week, right when they brought on. When they made the changes and they moved Saka to right back, mm. they were kind of still playing just more of an off-balance 3-4-3, three, three really, because Saka was high and Shaka dropped into almost like a left-back position. Well, it Do felt what like I mean?
2: a 3-4-3 three, three last night, to be honest. If I'm honest with you, like if you look at the positions that Dembele was taking up, mm. the way he was tucked in, it felt a lot like a 3-4-3 three, for three a lot last night.
3: I mean, without the ball, that Barca thing is basically a 5-3-2. That's yeah, more, yeah. I think, and that's what it's there for the most, I think, to protect yeah. them defensively because I don't think they have the defensive stability down the middle. And therefore, I think they feel like they need three. Yeah. Um, I
2: kind of like it. I like it a lot, actually. I think it, what I would say is, I'd like to see a bit more from Frankie de Jong. I know it's not his position. I know it's not fair because Busquets gets his he would ideally be. But I don't really like him as an eight, Ryan. I just don't really like it.
1: I Where don't do you like want them.
2: Just a bit deeper.
3: Well, this is the thing, though. I, th- I mean, to be Running honest, I think back, that yeah. I don't think I don't think that if I'm being brutally honest, and I'm going to sound like a little bit cold here, but I don't really have that many thoughts about this three-five-two. I don't really, I don't like as good as kuman is doing at, at Barcelona. I think he's actually doing quite a good job, but like this is really similar. I think this is very similar to what's going on at Manchester United at the moment. Mm. Is that tactically Koeman isn't really there. I don't think he has the tactical elements to his coaching which commands a lot of the a lot of buy-in from the big Barcelona players. And I think it's struggling because I, th- I think it's I think th- and I think that they're struggling because of that in a sense. Even though they're on a really good run domestically, that PSG game mm. is such an anomaly in their in the rest of their recent results. Mm. But I think in order to really turbocharge this Barcelona and they have been fun recently. Um mm. But I think they're going to come up against sterner sterner opposition. I mean, the three games, two in the copper and one in the league against Sevilla, were probably the toughest games Barcelona played for a while, mm. apart from the PSG game where they came completely unstuck. But I think that I think they need a manager who is going to get the most out of this this squad because I think that even though he was Bartomeu's guy, I think one of the people who've benefited, who has benefited the most from Bartomeu going has been Ronald Koeman, actually.
2: Yeah, and that's right. That's right. I think that's a really good point. It's interesting. It's kind of taken away that association, that negative association. All that noise has gone. And, you know, like when, you know, when Trump left office, everything, it, all the calm, everything went calmer. He didn't have this horrible background noise.
3: Yeah, that's the thing with Ronald Koeman. Like, you still know the bad shit's going on at Barcelona. It's just like it's not in your face as much.
2: Absolutely, yeah, you know? yeah. And it just, it just re- it removes all the chatter and it just allows him to focus on the coaching mm. and making good decisions, and then maybe go back on some choices he made before. You know, like Ricky Pooch coming back into the mix. So, all in all, I mean, I mean, Barcelona, like. You could, oh, do five, you, could, you could do, do, you do know, five podcasts a week on Barcelona, to be yeah, honest. You totally have you know what, all have different content. If
3: yeah. Elenia hadn't gone out on loan this season, I wonder whether Buschkets would, would be featuring as regularly as he is, you know? Now that's a great shout. Because I actually think that you can give Frankie the midfield keys, as I said, probably on the first ever study episode, give Frankie yeah. the keys, man. I think if you have an Elenia in there,
1: I, the think other it, eight. I think the it other gives eight.
3: you a little bit more bite. Oh my goodness, Elenia... And Pedri as the eights. and Frankie De Jong then covers so much ground. You give him more of a. Um, That's glorious, Ryan. And also, you I think actually then you you, I think you if you give Frankie De Jong the keys a little bit more, he can he can mask some of the work, or he can actually cover a little bit of the work that say PK needs help with at the back because he was if you think about it, he was helping out Danny uh, Daily Blind a lot, an aging Daily Blender. I act.
2: There's an Iniesta thing. Like sorry to drink um iniesta there's a lot of times he would drop in and pick up the ball in the left back position Mm. and regulate the play he'd be the guy he'd be the outlet pass for the keeper he'd just go back take possession circulate the ball get it back square and work it right and exactly that's where frankie de jong adds so much and his dynamism as you rightly say what i love about him is he's a defense midfielder he's got the discipline to sit centrally but also the imagination to drop wide when he needs to. And Iniesta did that. Iniesta actually played, you know, he was amazing as a defensive midfield in the Classico early in his time at Barca. And he knew exactly when to sit and when to leave. Yeah, that, that is very much a Frankie de Jong trait as well.
3: There's a video of Cruyff where he picks up the ball, I think just outside the a- edge of his own box and breaks through the midfield super quickly. I think he ends up scoring. And that's basically Frankie de Jong's game. Yeah, yeah. Like you saw it with Ajax, you saw it, the amount of time he would pick up the ball from the centre backs or drop into a left left centre back position to get yeah. receive possession. The next thing you know, you're on the edge of the opposition box. Yeah, I mean, he did it against he did it against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. It's like yeah, this was what two years ago. I think they should start doing. I, I think they should start doing to Busquets what they they would they did to Javi.
2: Brilliant, brilliant point. The closer, yes,
3: yeah, because they're going to need him. I think he just needs to be managed a little bit more, and I think this is a thing that footballers, or football coaches, or football culture. I still doesn't think, I, st- I still don't think it buys into that element so much. People are either playing or they're washed.
1: Yeah. yeah, I
3: don't think there's ever like a, you know, like a minutes management thing throughout the latter stages of their career. Because I know people want to play and they want to play all the time, but I think that like with Javi, for example, you know he could have played another season at Barca. I think as a as, mm. a, as a as a closer. You know, but obviously he took some money. But yeah, I think the long and short of it is Frankie needs the keys. Yeah. I think it unlocks so much more of this Barcelona side than just Frankie Dong. And that's the thing that's so frustrating about it. It's like it's right there in front of you. You man. can
2: see it. You could see it even last yeah. night. Some of the passing sequences. Well, that's the last thing I'll say on Barcelona. What's really funny about them at the moment is that you can see them making this really nice attack. It's like everyone's building a sandcastle.
1: <laughs>
2: and then Usman Dembele is like, well, I want to build a plane. And they're like, no, Usman, we're building a, we're building, we're building a sandcastle. I want to build a plane even his goal was the perfect Ousmane Dembele. Like he gets the ball, gorgeous passing movement. He doesn't complete the pass. He's like, "Mm, okay, that didn't work. Let me go and make something else. Oh, you know what? I'll put it top corner. (laughs) He is the joker in that team in the best possible sense. I was saying this last night on Twitter where he isn't, he's not necessarily the best in kind of association play. Like, you know, he can do it, but it's not his actual strongest suit. What he's actually really good at is actually kind of um, Angel Di Maria where he, he can play the combination stuff, but he's best when you just let him loose. And the one thing I suppose I want from Usman Dembele, <laughs> me making demands of like, you know, <laughs> world-class player on my podcast. I want him to be more like Angel Di Maria in mentality. Mm. As in just, you know what I mean? There were games when Angel Di Maria would be like, I'm taking control of this. I'm doing this. And who's coming with me? Like, I'm going to break by myself and go. And there's, he's always on the verge of that, Usman Dembele. And it's partly injury as well, but, does that make sense what I'm saying? Mm. I just, there's certain games it's like, I always talk about Angel Di Maria against France in that World Cup when he scared the life out of France. And for about 30 minutes, God bless Benjamin Pavard. Mm. But my, 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 my <laughs> this was a trial by fire. The 30 minutes before Pavard scores are the sternest examination of a fullback you will see in World Football because Di Maria went to warp speed. And I, I, want- think
3: that, I think that 30 minutes is why Stuttgart got relegated. <laughs> <laughs> he was smoking a cigar for the rest of it. Um, like, I don't want any of this. No, exactly. But I, I, don't just want think- to, I don't want to succeed anymore.
2: I just want Ismail Dembele to realise that he is actually a senior member in that squad mm-hmm. and just go the extra, and this is not a criticism, it's more like there are points at this team where you can just run the entire thing. You're good enough. So yeah, go for it. There we go. Sorry for the bastard digression. <laughs> a question that nobody asked we you got an answer to anyway.
3: <laughs> All right, Musa. This is a fun question from Brandon Stone. Which current player reminds you most of your own playing style? I'm obsolete, Brandon. <laughs> I don't have a... Hmm. I'm going to think, actually. Hmm. Moose's playing style. So pass first striker. Good pace back in the day.
2: Well, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm slow. So I'm like a Kiwi. I'm like a flightless bird. Oh, no, but you were quick though. I, well, okay. So what was... Because um, you used to be rapid, right? Used to be quite quick. Yeah. Um, gosh, <laughs> what a time to be alive. Pass first striker. Was I though? That's the thing. If, if people that know me would be like, really?
3: No, I, I reckon you were. I reckon you were. Rea- you were a real hog.
2: Seb Stafford, Law knows, he knows where the body. The body. I, I
3: imagine if you and I played together, the amount of times that I would have been stood there, you know, doing the gesture of like, I'm open with a tap in.
2: I mean, to be honest, it's pretty much this podcast, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm can... open with a tap in. Just square it, Musa. Musa. Uh, how many assists are you giving this podcast,
3: Musa? <laughs> Generally, can't think of anyone. Generally, Marcus m There you go. Oh, I like that. Actually, I think skill set-wise, it works.
2: I like that. Well, of course you would. It's Marcus Tiram. You love him. I know. I love Marcus Tiram. Yeah, go on, Marcus. Yeah, I like that. I'll take that. Because
3: you're not like I I don't think you were like a 40-goal-a-season guy. Are you going to tell <laughs> me a story about like back no. in the day? Oh no, 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 I wouldn't. That's arrogant. I don't do that. Were you? Did you score 40-a-season once? Uh, yeah, I did, actually.
2: <laughs> Honestly, this is only amateur football. I scored about scored just under a goal a game for most of my time playing
3: football goal a game yeah yeah this guy's cristiano ronaldo there you go cristiano ronaldo that's what player reminds musa of his own playing style (laughs)
2: that's exactly what it was yeah yeah
3: (laughs) i'm trying to think of mine
2: i've seen you play i would say luca modric actually modric yeah would you yeah
3: i would just a little bit more (laughs) (laughs)
1: left-leaning
3: i think you um yeah i've seen you play you have seen me play, I forgot about
2: yeah, that. Yeah, 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 so yeah. You, Twice. You screen well, you link up very well, you're a playmaker who can score. Quite little. You can make, yeah, we also yeah that too, but you know, the whole, but you don't mind getting, you like receiving possession in traffic, which a lot of people don't. You really like that, which is interesting. I love it. Yeah, you're exactly, right. So I think Modric is, um, and you could just play, for, you could just carry on playing for ages.
3: Oh, I don't know about that. I can't. Be, oh, I can't believe you just compared me to Luka Modric. My God, I used to. Wear, I still have to wear headbands as well when my hair was long. But I never wore the thin ones. Well, I did wear the thin ones for a bit, but I hated them. So I actually used to wear like a thick tennis headband. Black Do you one. think Mod- Modric is fair, though? You think? I think in style of. I mean, I'm not going to, uh, dude. You just compared me to a Ballon d'Or winner. What the? Fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, gonna, you know, I'm not honest- going to say like no. I mean, I I would, I'm not very quick. I'm not very tall. I'll take Modric. It always reminds me of, remember, did, I t- did I tell it on the podcast about my dad? Yeah. This was 2014, 15, I think it was. Yeah. Like I asked him this question. I said, oh, you know, if you're playing now, what player reminds you most of you? Just, he just didn't even like take breath. He just went Javi.
1: <laughs> wow. But you know <laughs>
3: what's quite like, sad wow, about that? Cool.
2: You know what's sad about that? Um, I, because I, I interviewed a couple of players, ex-players um, a while back. And I talked about like, what would have happened to Chav if he came through? In the early 2000s in English football, they're like, this guy might not got a look Yeah, anymore.
3: yeah, he would have been swallowed up, yeah.
2: Been horrific. And like, we could have had, we've, everyone's like, oh, where's our chavi? Well, we've had our chavi. Mm-hmm. We've literally had them right there and they haven't been picked or as, like, oh, that one's too small, that lad's too small. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I say, I mean, I, I joke about the way I played football, but like, I was an amateur footballer. Suddenly, don't get me wrong, there's no, I'm proud of that. Yeah, neither level. of us,
3: neither of us were like, ever in danger this wasn't any like hashtag could have gone professional Yeah, I'm
2: being very real about this I'm not trying to make yeah. out claims I didn't what could have been Musa
3: yeah right Moussa huh okay so we have multiple people asking the same question Fraser Ross are we ever allowed to find out what the roasting hot take was on righty's house Stokesy 84 what was Moose's hot take Hamza Khan what <laughs> was Ogwonga's Slatan hot take <laughs> Chris McConville Tell us what Musa said that was bleeped out on Wright's house, damn it. <laughs> Druba, what do you think is the next in. Right, now I have your attention. Give us Okwonga's hot take. Deza <laughs> Gonzalez, when will Musa's hot take be free and unleashed once again? Jennifer Neal, we demand Musa's hot take. All right, so for those who don't know what we're talking about, me and Musa went for coffee on Saturday, socially distant one. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah and we were chatting a little bit about Zlatan, and you came out with an absolutely nuclear scorching...
2: (laughs) Thermonuclear, yeah. ...Zlatan
3: take. Off the back of a very lukewarm take of my own. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Jeanette and Wrighty were asking me about it on Wrighty's House, and I told them. Yeah. And for some reason, I don't know what happened, but I think someone censored it. Oh, no. Yeah.
2: Oh, no, I've not... Okay, I've not heard it back. Okay.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, So maybe just, just just... Do you want to just tell everyone now? Yes, yeah, so the hot take is basically this, like my hot take is that Say it. Zathan Ibrahim Rich
3: That's the first time I've literally heard you say it since you told me on Saturday. <laughs> it's, it's so
1: so scorching <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god
2: you know it's funny about this the world of free speech right we live in a world of free speech and like inflated opinions I've taken a chance to step back and exercise responsible judgment
1: hey just not- because
3: you can say it doesn't mean you should say it absolutely and the people are clamouring
2: oh we demand this we demand people getting the pitchforks out, oh tell us to-. you know what Ryan I'm taking this to the grave. What's the reverse of can- <laughs>
3: what's the reverse of cancel culture? Because whatever it is, is what's happening right now. You're you're exactly. not getting cancelled for a take. People are actively trying to encourage you for the take, and it's just exactly. like
2: it's an interesting thought experiment. It's in society. People want the controversy, but I'm not giving it. Everyone wants no secret, man. Right? They know I'm taking this to the grave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um
3: I think it's time we get out of here. Let's do it. Let's do it. I can't I can't deal with any more questions after that. I'm so sorry. That's just (laughs) it's taking you out. Oof. Um thanks to everyone who submitted questions.
2: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was
3: really nice doing that actually. And yeah, don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Don't forget to check Wrighty's house. From Wednesday, if you haven't already. Um I'll have a piece going up this week. Moose to your backup next week, I think.
2: Or thereabouts, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: If you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. That'd be very kind. Don't forget to check Stadio Outros on Spotify. Search for Stadio Outros playlist of all the tunes we play out on each episode, and one at the top. Speaking of which, we're playing out this episode on I Got a Little Love by Angela. Anything you want to add, Mister Okwanga?
2: No, just um stay well everyone I know that it's all different stages of lockdown and vaccine rollout so I just hope everyone's okay taking joy where they can getting rest where they can yeah that's basically it
3: for me wish you'd let me rest yes you should is that gonna <laughs> happen though nope <laughs> uh, have a wonderful weekend everyone stay well and we'll be back on Monday take care
1: La mina bajo